0: day sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Oh God, we give you thanks for the ways that you help us to grow and help us to know you more deeply. Lord, whether it be through song, through scripture, through the humble words of my mouth, through wandering thoughts. However you would speak today, help us to hear you. Amen. Well, let me say a fresh word of welcome for anyone who's just joining us. Uh, I'm Jeff Slater, the lead pastor here at Trinity United Methodist. And our whole thing is to build a community of uh, people who are fully alive in Christ. Uh, and I hope, in fact, I know that during this time of uh, um, of sermon, as it's typically called, that God will say something to you. I believe the, that that happens whenever we gather in this way. Now, it's, I'm not so naive to think it's whatever I will say. It's much more about what God wants you to hear. Than what I want you to, he- than, than what I want you to hear. Uh, however, I hope that you will pay attention because God has a tendency to use these kinds of time to give us a glimpse of something bigger, to give us a sip of something uh, greater. And I hope that you will pay attention. Uh, I also hope that you'll uh, take an opportunity to share. It's never been so easy to invite someone to church. as with the share button uh, on the website on Facebook. So I hope that you will do that too. Now today we are continuing in a sermon series called Home Slash Church. Now you'll never guess what this is all about and what inspired it. Of course it's because we're worshiping in our homes these days. We're engaging in our faith in a different way than we're used to doing and it's worth taking a little bit closer look at that. You know We all fall into the trap from time to time, at least when there's not a pandemic going on, of thinking our faith is something that happens at church, or even if we know better in our heads, it still becomes our practice because when we come to this building, uh, that's when we tend to think the most about God. But of course, the truth is, faith is just as much about home as it is about church, that our our church is what informs us, is what helps us to see, is what shines a light on, a holy light on our life, at least in the best of times. But it's in our home and in our daily life that we actually practice it. And as our, as the new normal, whatever that means, begins to take shape, the fact that the, the, the fact that this pandemic has forced us to engage God in our own homes, well, that's something we ought to keep as we move forward, that even once we are able to uh, come together in the same room again, we still ought to keep that uh, mindset that God is just as much, if not more so, in our homes than in our church. So each week during this series, we're looking at kind of Faith 101 topics, the very beginning things, the very basic things, uh, to help us take advantage of this opportunity to grow in them. And today we're talking about a yearning that is inside each one of us to know God better. And I think the best metaphor for it is when we're thirsty. When we're thirsty, you see, we don't always know we're thirsty. You know, by the time, by the time we actually uh, uh, experience thirst, by the time we're aware of how much we need water, Well by that point our body is already pretty well dehydrated. No thirst, uh, we need water before we're even aware of it. Now I'm sure you've had this experience too. But when you're in that place where you're thirsty and don't know it, you get just a sip of water. And when when you experience that sip of water, you're like, oh my goodness, that tastes good. And you end up downing the whole glass right then and there. Has that ever happened to you? Or maybe you go to a water fountain and you end up making the person behind you in line at the water fountain wait as you uh, uh, drink and drink and drink because you didn't even know how thirsty you were. That's how it is with this yearning inside of us to know God more. There are times where we get desperate and we know how badly we need God. But most of the time, we're not even aware just how thirsty we are until we get that first sip. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, I'm tempted to compare it to school because I'm one who tends to love school. You know, I love continuing education. The whole reason I got a doctorate was because I couldn't stop myself. You know, it's how I like to learn. But I know that's not everybody's experience of school. Not everybody learns in that way. Um, So, but regardless, I think a better thing to compare this to might actually be a romance. And so I want to tell you the story of my first date with my wife Amy. Now Amy is also a pastor and I am aware that she's already home from her church and watching our live stream this morning. So what could possibly go wrong with the next couple of minutes, right? (laughs) No, this is the story. We met when we were in school and seminary to become pastors in Kansas City. And, uh, uh, well, I knew pretty quickly that she was something very special. And our first date was at the Starbucks on the plaza. Maybe some of you have been there. Now, these days, I think to myself, I I wish I'd known a good local coffee shop. But you get the idea, right? It's a beautiful setting down there on the plaza and the lights and all of that. Uh, And we sat there and we talked. And I remember the moment when I looked into her eyes and I don't know what it is. The way I said it later was that her eyes did a, did a thing. Her eyes did some sort of thing and they captivated me. Like I was just taken away looking into her eyes. Now, maybe you've had a similar situation. Now, wh- whether you're one called to this kind of relationship or not, maybe you've had some kind of a situation where you've had a moment like that where you just knew you had to know more. And so as the evening went on, it went like most first dates uh, do, in that uh, we learned about each other. You know, I asked where she was from, I asked about her, uh, her past, what she was interested in, about her family, brothers and sisters, and all of that, because I had gotten a taste, I'd been captivated by something, and I wanted to know her more deeply. Now, this is where I'd probably better stop talking because from here, I'm used to digging the hole and then filling it in. Right now, I've probably got brownie points and I'm probably about to ruin it. But here's the thing. You know, marriages have their high points and their low points. They have the moments where you're close and where things are easy. And then they have their challenging moments, like those early years of being a parent when there are so many things dragging you in different directions. Um, But here's the thing. We've been married for 13 years now, and I'm still learning about her. I'm still captivated. I'm still wanting, I'm still yearning to know more about who she is. And you know, I've talked to people who've been married for 50, even a few who've been married for 60 years, and they tell me the same thing. Now it's a little different after 50 or 60 years. You know, there's a certain maturity to it where they know each other, and even though they're still coming to know each other better, there's also a comfortableness with who the other is that is to be sought after by us all, I think. I tell you this because I want you to keep this in mind as we read this scripture, because in many ways our journey to know God is like a romance too. All right, Dana read it for us so well earlier, but hear it again. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, already we see something of the heart of God coming from this uh, letter, which, by the way, was written to people to be read in their homes as they were growing in Christ. We know that there is something about those among us who have the gift of teaching that is sent by God. Now, that doesn't mean every word they say is necessarily right. But there's something about this journey of teaching and of learning and of growing that is from God. His purpose, it says, was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son. God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ. Now see, it compares it to that journey of growing up, how when we're young, any idea seems good to us, You know, anything that's convincing has a tendency, has the potential to lead us astray. But over time, we begin to sort out what's real about the world and what we truly believe. And there comes a time when we're mature in it. And so it is with God that early on, uh, we get so excited. You know, to compare it to a romance, there's an infatuation uh, with many people when they begin their walk with God. But as you get to know God, as you get to know God's heart more, uh, and as you begin to live life with God, there comes a time where you realize that journey will never end. But there's a certain comfortableness in sitting with God too. Do you see the comparison with a romance a little bit? And it's a journey that we're meant to take. We can see echoes of it in many parts of the Bible as a matter of fact. Now, spoiler alert, this sermon has a twist ending, (laughs) and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But part of the purpose of this home slash church series is to give you some practical ideas, things that you can do at home and in your walk with God to help you with whatever the topic is. So I want to talk a little bit about how we grow, because sometimes just because we have that first sip and just because we yearn for God even more, it doesn't mean we necessarily know how to go about getting it. So I made a list, kind of like last week. Well, last week we talked about prayer and actually that's the first uh, first thing on the list as a way to grow in God. You know, simply sitting with God and turning your attention uh, is is something. If you want to know more about prayer, check out last week's sermon on the website. We talked about different ways to pray and I'll bet you there are ways in it that you've never thought of, maybe even the right one for this season of your walk. Worship is a way to, now, prayer and worship are both things that are, are, are more broad than that. You see, this is a moment of of teaching right now as a matter of fact. However, not every worship service is necessarily about teaching. Sometimes it's enough simply to bring God our praise and our worship. However, it can be a way that we learn and grow too. An obvious one is Bible study. Now, this is one that many of us neglect. You know, us mainline Christians uh, uh, have a deep respect for the Bible, but we tend not to spend as much time in it as some other uh, portions of the Christian world do. And we should, because it's amazing how God is revealed when we do. It's important to have a good translation. I will say that. Nobody can argue about the beauty of the King James Version, but words have changed their meaning quite a lot in the hundreds of years since it was written. Uh, My favorite is the Common English Bible. That's what I uh, read from at church every week and what we usually use here, Uh, in part because it is so easy to understand. You know the usual translation used by uh, Bible studies and scholars is the New Revised Standard Version and the same translators got together. And you know how you can um, you can classify a, a, a type of writing based on the grade level that's required to read it? There are computer programs that can calculate that. What they did is that they took their most scholarly work and tried to lower that grade level, not because there are some of us who need it, though that's probably true too of me some days, but more so to make it clearer and easier to understand. And I will tell you, this common English uh, Bible has uh, shed some light on many passages for me as I've studied it. But more important than that is just to spend time, just to spend time reading through a gospel. Uh, I know of a man who uh, sat down and read through all four gospels. Uh, He may even have done it in one sitting, I don't know. And it's amazing what he walked away with. My goodness, what a conversation followed but there are also parts of the Bible that are challenging, parts that you have to struggle with and wrestle with. Certainly there are parts that don't make sense even when you've studied it, let alone when you first read it. And that's why it's also good to have books and classes in your life. Now we all learn in different ways, um, and uh, uh, for some uh, very much get into books. For others, the in-person in classes is good. Really, we both need those uh, from time to time. But they help us to grow in God. They help us to make sense of those uh, confusing parts of it their podcasts. I was just talking uh, with someone in between services about the amazing uh, wealth of conversation and information that is out there on the internet in podcasts. Uh, Now, you do have to be a little careful because some of them do have theology that uh, uh, has potential to be harmful. So I recommend getting a good recommendation, and I'm happy, uh, if if you ask me, I'm happy to give you some as well. We do have a podcast of our own here at Trinity now, in part because during this pandemic, there aren't many ways for the people of our church to go deeper. I'll say more about that right at the end of the service today if you want to check it out. But on this list, I saved the best two for last. In fact, I think they're the most important of all, mission projects and small groups. Now, mission projects is one that you especially might not think of as a way to grow in your knowledge of God. After all, what are you going to learn on a mission trip? But I'll tell you, you really do. It's something about engaging in the need of the world. When you engage in the need of the world while doing so for the good of God and of God's purposes in the world, it's amazing how that need teaches you about God's heart. It's amazing how it shapes you and forms you and molds you. You know, mission projects, they do good for, well, whatever it is you're doing, serving food or building something or or, or splitting wood or whatever. But what mission trips really do is put us face-to-face with where God is most in the world, in its need, and it teaches us. It teaches us of the heart of God and helps us to grow. And then small groups. Small groups are so important. There's something about gathering with a circle of people when you're also there to study the Bible or do these other things because while God is revealed in amazing ways through the Bible there's something about seeing God in another person and in conversation around the Bible that once again shows you God's heart in a way you can't get anywhere else now like I said there are bumps along the way of course but these are the things that we do that help us to grow And to bring the romance analogy back into it, it's kind of like having a date night with God. (laughs) You know, date nights are so important. Any couple will tell you. Some might use different language, of course. But having a time set aside to be only with the one you love the most is so important to a marriage or friendship or any relationship. And these are the things, these are the times that you set aside to know God. And that date night with God sounds cheesy, but there it is those are some of the times we learn and grow the most in that relationship. And you know, if our earthly relationships, like our spouse or our friends, if they make us come alive, like hopefully you saw in me a few minutes ago, it's these things we do with God that makes us fully alive, that makes us fully alive to the depth of our being and know fully what it means to be human. Now, I promised you a twist ending, so here it is. Earlier, I compared the journey of getting to know God to be like a romance, how you're captivated uh, at first, but then you engage in that journey of getting to know another person. And our journey to know God is like that too. But here's the thing. It's not us who's wooing God. It's God who's wooing us. You can see it again and again throughout the Bible and through in Jesus especially that God wants to live with us. God wants to know us. God wants to be with us. Jesus came to earth a God with skin on so that he could experience life walking in our shoes in the most literal way possible to know what it's like to be a human being. And so that we could know God in such a way too. You know you might be thinking well God knows everything God knit me together even in my mother's womb and well that's true but there's something about the journey of knowing that is just as important as the end product it's not just us who are on a journey to know God it's God who's on a journey to experience life with us and to sit with us and to know us every step of the way in fact, I believe that God basks in that journey and enjoys it in a way that should inspire us. And I hope that as you are on the journey to know God, that you bask in it too. Because it is good to know the one who loves us the most of all. Would you bow your head with me? Now, it may be that during this time of worship today that you have had a sip you know maybe you've had a sip of that water that living water and realize just how thirsty you are for more of God in your life if you are then I hope you will join me in this prayer oh God there are moments when you truly captivate us Help us to know you, not through clumsy metaphors like romance, like like human romance, beautiful though it be. But help us to know you in the ways that only you can reveal. Help us to know your heart. Help us to know your life. Help us to know your deepest desires for your children and for this world. And help us to spend our life not only longing to know you deeper, certainly not just being unaware of how thirsty we are, but help us to spend this day and every day seeking to walk with you in all that we do. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.